mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're listening to Nostalgia you Be Damned. Really You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Pump It and Crump It. <laughs> just go. Just go. We're listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s to the mid to early 2000s, and we look at them objectively, and we take off the rose-colored glasses you might be having about these movies, and we burn them. Dude, we burn them in a giant fire where we've taken every book in town, we take it into the town square, and we throw it in there with all the books. No more reading for everybody. Is there a giant Christmas tree like in this film that gets set ablaze in the town square? Dude, shut your mouth. (laughs) If you didn't know, we're covering uh, this week. 2000's holiday adventure family comedy, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Wow, man. This is when, uh, when we came up with this show, I knew that when we had a December, if we, if we would somehow still be going in December, we'd have to do an episode on this movie because this came out when I was nine years old. I saw this in theaters and this was a huge deal for me because one... I loved the story as a kid. I, we actually had the old hardcover like story that my mother would read to us every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Loved the cartoon. You know, it was a staple and still is to this day. I watch it every Christmas. And when this came out, Jim Carrey, of course, was one of my favorite actors working <laughs> in Hollywood. You know, he had done Liar Liar and all, Ace Ventura, all those movies, Dumb and Dumber, that I loved as a kid. And so when you find out that he's doing a character you loved in you, probably my favorite holiday story at the time. You know, it was a it was a home run for me. I fucking loved this movie as a kid, and I had watched it every year, I think, until I left my mother's house because she forced us to watch it each year. Haven't seen it since I left for, uh, after I graduated high school, so it's been a few years, man. You done, dude? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right there with you. So uh, I, I did have the book, too, but that didn't have as much influence on me as the cartoon did. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cartoon... Like you said, staple. That was a movie that I would watch sometimes when it wasn't even Christmas. Weird. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> I loved it, though. I loved all the music in it. Yep. Um, I barely remember anybody talking, but I remember just the music and the rhyming. It was great for a kid. And I remember when this came out, too. I was probably the same age as you, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah, we're the same age. Yeah, Whatever. Dude. I knew that. Um, so... Uh, well, I wasn't as excited, probably. I was really looking forward to seeing it because uh, The Grinch, like you said, just a Christmas staple, uh, no matter what. Jim Carrey, I could have taken her le- <laughs> taken Oh, even in leave. your young age, you were still, you were hipster on Jim Carrey. Right? Yeah, well, I, was I don't little... know if he's up to my sensibility, up to my standards of children. I like other stuff like Rookie of the Year. All right, well, before you get too high and mighty, it's just because I didn't get a boner every time I heard. <laughs> yeah, Ven- dude, my little- you didn't get a boner every time he talked out of his butt in Ace Ventura, dude. It's butt talk. I specifically told you my thoughts on Ace Ventura. <sighs> Maybe a stay tuned. I'm going to try to get us <laughs> Probably to do not. No, Ace no, if stop. We We're not doing Ace no, Venture. Fingers crossed. We're not doing Ace Venture. <laughs> but that's Ace Venture. This is the Grinch, dude. But regardless, dude, I was super excited about uh, a live action yeah. Grinch. They were. This was really when live action remakes were really kind of picking up, picking anyway. up a little bit. And I, you know, I didn't roll my eyes every time they do <laughs> they yeah. do one. But I remember being excited about this. Um, I do remember seeing it in theaters. And then I think I went a couple years without seeing it because, yep. it, you know, it didn't – well, it didn't jump out to me as a kid, but I, I did enjoy it. And then I saw it a couple more times on a DVD um, it, it, and always remember liking it, never really having a problem with it. I'd say it's been about five years since I've seen this movie. I can't believe this movie, by the way, is what, 17 years old now? 17 years old That's now. Ridiculous. Which, is, which is ridiculous, yeah. It and can legally buy cigarettes next year. It can. Next year it can buy porn, too. Yeah, porn. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was a huge hit, though, back in 2000. This made uh, $260 million in the U.S. It was uh, $345 million worldwide on a $123 million budget. It had kind of all the trappings of a Christmas classic, like a soon-to-be. And 
you can't fucking escape this movie really anymore. It's always on the ABC's like you know twenty five days oh, of Christmas. Absolutely. It's on all these stations. This during is the one Christmas. of those movies that they now shove down your throat. It's on this the and like Elf. There was a few movies from the early two thousands that managed to like not fall to the wayside. Unlike movies like Christmas with the Cranks and, right. and Fred Claus and well, movies like those that people even, kind of forget. You know, even like if you if you're on Comedy Central and this was back when I had cable, but even on Comedy Central they'd shove like Bad Santa down your throat. Oh yeah, every Christmas. Yep. So. So it, it really does. It's just it's a staple now. Yep. Which I know we've used that word what six times in this podcast. We're gonna already? try not to. Every time we do, I'm gonna pinch someone's nuts. And there's only two people here, dude. Four nuts to pinch. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking for a new co-host. Exactly. So anywho, <laughs> ooh yeah, exactly. Ooh. There's a lot of who puns in this. So many a lot who of who puns. puns. Dude. This movie has a 6.1 on IMDb and a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. It's, of course, directed by Ron Howard. Uh, I'm going to go through a bit of his filmography for those of you who don't know. Splash, Cocoon, Willow, Backdraft, a lot of other films with one title names, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, some of my favorites, Apollo 13, Ransom, uh, A Beautiful Mind. He also did Ed TV, The Missing, Cinderella Man, some Paul Giamatti, dude. I do love that's Cinderella Man. That's a good movie. Man, too. That's I a love really that good movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, the Da Vinci Code. He also did Frost Nixon, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Angels and Demons, The Dilemma, Rush, which is an underrated movie that people should see. It's pretty pretty badass, dude, actually. I think you're missing some of his biggest credits. In the though, Heart dude. of the Sea? <laughs> no. Inferno? No, dude. No, dude. Happy days, dude. <laughs> well, of course, the of Andy course. Griffith. Yeah, yeah, I went for his filmmaking. You know, his directing debut, no, and of course, dude. he is helming the upcoming Solo, a Star Wars story. So, mm-hmm. this guy, a storied film career, a very well known and celebrated director at the time, and still to this day, and it shows in this movie. This is a professionally made movie. I love Ron Howard from everything he's pretty much ever done. I, I mean, even the dilemma. No, you love the dilemma. dilemma. No, but he's done so many movies that I do really like. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a huge part in one of my favorite television shows of all time, Arrested Development. Oh yes, um, yes, of course. I just it, the man has such a good sense of filmmaking. I feel like if we have any criticisms of this movie, a lot of it isn't going directly towards how this movie is shot. Yeah, it's agree. just well done. I, I mean, pretty much everything he does, regardless of whether or not it's a good or bad movie technically is done the right way i would say i liken him a lot to robert zemeckis where you know he got to like the polar express and a christmas carol and a lot of these other movies his filmmaking career he's had some hits which are like some of the some could be considered some of the best movies ever absolutely and then he's also got these movies that even if they're not good there's still you know that skill and talent behind the camera and mm-hmm. so they're, they're not misfires completely there's something in my for people who truly appreciate film yes Yes. In every Ron Howard joint, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) So this was the number one film of the year 2000. It was nominated for three Oscars, including Best Costume Design, Best Art Direction, and it won Best Makeup. Oh, my God. Understandably so. Best Makeup. Holy um, shit, No movie up to this point. I think after this, probably with Lord of the Rings, that movie probably holds the title, but no other film um, since The Wizard of Oz had so many characters in heavy makeup and costume. Every single character in this I mean, it's just, it's nuts. And there are like dozens and dozens of extras in some of these shots, all of them made up. And all the architecture is trying to, you know, kind of mimic the Dr. Seuss style. So everything's fucking crooked and weird. And, I and like, it's even, like Tim Burton light. You know what I mean? It must have been a lot of fun to be a set designer on this movie. And it must have been a living hell to be a makeup artist on this movie. I just, I can't even fathom how much effort on a daily basis went into makeup in this movie alone well it took uh three hours to apply according to you know the special features here on the dvd and an hour to remove so that means jim carrey was in the seat three four hours every single day and it's rumored of course this is according to imdb but it's rumored that jim carrey felt so confined and uh, uncomfortable in the latex skin that he sought counseling from a cia agent who taught him torture resistant techniques it's just unbelievable and uh, we'll get into Jim Carrey. I I got to admit to you, in the past like month, I've had a newfound respect for Jim Carrey. I will say this. I don't know if anyone else could pull off this character in live action mode. No. I don't know if I fully love his performance here and everything <laughs> that he's doing, but I can say that I he makes this 100% his own and... 
he's the maybe the best part of this movie, I think. I would, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's a reason why he's top build in this movie, and they just, I mean, they let him go, man. They're like, all right, Jim, you just do you, which we've known can sometimes hinder a movie, a.k.a. Batman Forever, or it can work to its advantage, and I think this is one of the movies that does that. Or it lets him get so deep into character, as we've seen with these you know, oh new, new documentary. And it's interesting because Man of the Moon was actually shot, you know, 98, 99, around when they were looking for who they wanted to fill the shoes of the Grinch. They actually wanted Eddie Murphy and Jack Nicholson at first, which would have been Whoa. hilarious. Either of those. Yeah, just oh, crazy. Man. But they actually approached Jim Carrey on the set of Man of the Moon and... In order for his, his audition, because he's still in character as Andy Kaufman, he had to essentially do an impression of himself doing an impression of the Grinch, which is just fucking insane. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen Jim and Andy yet, I f- highly recommend going to yes, see Jim and Andy. Yes. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. That's what I was saying. I have a new, different sort of respect yeah. for him in the last month or so because, man, he's... He's been through a lot. He's a crazy dude. Before we get into uh, the plot as we go, I just wanted to ask, what's your history with the other Dr. Seuss movies? So there was three of them, technically, if, if I remember correctly. There's The Cat in the Hat, there's Horton Hears a Who, and there is The Lorax. Wasn't there also another Cat in the Hat 3D remake? No. Am I crazy? No, I think they were rumored to be doing that, but they have not done that yet. No. Well, so just the li- what's well, okay, live so action Mike just, Myers. Okay, so if I'm just going to go with uh, the other two movies, um, I mean, The Cat in the Hat, man, I hate that movie. That is a steaming it's pile a of shit. It's a really <laughs> crap movie. It's fucking crazy. Um, Horton Hears a Who, I I think I was past the point of caring once that movie yeah, came we, out. Yeah, we it was like 2006, so we yeah, would have been so up there. I, and I, it, yeah. I think I remember seeing some clips of that, and I think I remember... Specifically, in the clips I saw liking Steve Carell and Ed Helms in that, just as the voice talents in that. But, but uh, other than that, it, it, nothing really stuck out with me. So uh, Dr. Seuss live action slash 3D, a little hit or miss for me. Yeah. Um, I think out of the three, The Grinch would probably be my favorite. Yeah. I think uh, the, the Grinch may be my favorite. I definitely like it more than the Lorax, and by far more than that guy. Oh, I never Cat saw the, the Lorax. The Lorax, it, it, it's it's not as bad as I expected it to. Danny DeVito is actually the voice of it, so he, you know, I, I'm a I'm a fan of DeVito, and Ed Helms is also in that. I'll never listen to Danny DeVito and not think of Frank, Frank Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> exactly. let's, let's be honest, it's always sunny, fantastic. Yeah. But but uh, I did enjoy Horton Hears a Who. I think, and it was proven with Cat in the Hat that you have to have someone so like technically great at filmmaking as a, as a director like Ron Howard to pull this off because the style and everything that is put into a Dr. Seuss storybook is just so fantastical and visual and weird yeah. that it's it's a it's a tight rope to walk. It's not a movie where you can only meet the craziness of Dr. Seuss halfway. Yes. You have to go all in. You do. And, you know, you have to do a little bit of world building because obviously these are just based on like a, like a few pages of poems. Yep. But if it's pulled off correctly, you get a fantastic child's movie. So in 2018, uh, they're actually creating a computer-generated version of The Grinch. So that'll be coming out. I guess Benedict Cumberbatch is, is voiced <laughs> to, to, to do the voice of it. And it's being done by the people who are doing Despicable Me. Okay. In one hand, I'm like, we don't really need another Grinch story. But on the other hand, similar to Horton Hears a Who, I think, I think animation is better suited for a Dr. Seuss movie than the live action because yeah. it just comes off. Again, we'll get into what we how we feel about the movie in a bit, but like, it, it's a hard movie to pull off, and I think that they should just stick to the animation route because it's just too fantastic. No, exactly. If you're gonna go the route that they did in this movie, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to have a lot of commitment. A lot of money and a lot of patience. Yeah, you I think. get like fucking J.J. Abrams or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. But let's do it, dude. Oh, uh, yes, we'll, we'll immediately get into probably the biggest problem that we had dude, with this movie. This is easily the biggest problem I've had with this movie, and I still can't wrap my brain around it. Go ahead, just go. I go. always forget about this every time I watch it, but it's narrated by the great Anthony Hopkins, and he does fantastic, beautiful. In this movie. You know, He's I think it's so good. Boris Karloff, I believe, is the voice of the Grinch or the narrator in the the animated series. It's mm-hmm. it's someone like that, and. Uh, he, Anthony Hopkins does a, a perfect job I mean, of fitting that yeah, tone of, of what you is, want. His voice is magnificent. His reading is obviously incredible. His inflection is good. I mean, he's a master. What, what else is there to say about that? And because the story is only, a, you know, a couple pages long, it's not a long story, they really had to pad out a lot of this. So yeah. a lot of it's dialogue. A lot of it is also they just write more to this story, which is narrated by Anthony Hopkins. So half of it isn't actually text from the story. 
One of the ideas that they introduce in the very opening shot is that this entire world takes place inside a fucking snowflake, dude. dude what? <laughs> dude, what? Dude, what? It's okay. slowly going Let's in. think about the implications of this. <laughs> so these people, I think we established at one point, they this is like their thousandth Christmas celebration or something like that. I, they call it a hubilation thousand. I don't know if it means a thousand or what that means. A thousand since they've established a civilized society. Because let's think about this. If it's on a snowflake, that means their entire existence, their entire existence, Brandon, only lasts from about as high as the snowflake is created in the sky to the time it hits the ground and melts in an apocalyptic style. Yeah, it, it, there are billions of these snowflakes. And in the opening shot, you see it's a little flurry. We go into one of these snowflakes. Are we meant to believe that all every snowflake has a universe inside it? And that, that maybe it's like an Inception style where time runs slowly or like an interstellar or whatever, where yeah. time runs slowly in different forms or no and dude all i could think about was what happens when the snow melts i mean it just gets a flash of heat everybody there is probably burned <laughs> flooded, to death yeah flooded and in like flooded a hot magma immediately oh my yeah, god oh my god i as a kid locations are yeah, terrifying i love to catch you know snowflakes on my tongue exiting the theater from this movie and i walk outside and it starts snowing out that means you're consuming billions of people on your tongue. Dude, I thought about how I wiped my car off this morning. <laughs> how many people did I kill, dude? This is a fucking existential nightmare that they begin this movie with. And it, they don't need to because it's not in the cartoon. It's not in the story. Just make it Whoville. Yeah. Just make it Whoville. You don't need to explain to me that this is in a snowflake. No. And later on, Santa is shown in a shot, which means Santa is somehow in the snowflake, which then begs the question, so not only, is this our world? So not Are only we in a snowflake? visit every kid or Christian kid in the he's, world, he's also but he's also stopping to every snowflake in the world. Get the fuck out of here. Every kid on every snowflake. That's that's dude. I'm beginning to think that maybe this takes place in our world dude, and that global I don't, warming is just us getting closer to the fucking cement, dude. Dude, I don't know if Santa's real. I don't know what is real. All right, we're, we're a snowflake. All right, we're moving back. It's so sad. We're done with the snowflake, but well, we're not done with it. I, mean, It'll I, come I can't back. forget it. It'll come back. <laughs> but anyway, narrated by Anthony Hopkins, we we open up on this group of who teens who are basically daring each other to go knock on the Grinch's door. The Grinch in this universe. Inside a snowflake, I'll remind you. Uh, he's basically like a Bigfoot legend among the town. Like, you don't go up Mount Crumpet because that's where the Grinch lives. Of course. And he apparently fucking hates Christmas. Dude, not only does he hate Christmas, he hates the Who's, dude. Fuck the Who's, dude. <laughs> so he winds up pulling a prank uh, with his, his dog um, and scaring them away. And the whole movie, we'll get into this also, it's shot... Almost every shot is Dutch and moving very rapidly because, again, yeah. they're trying to capture that essence, that feel of a Dr. Seuss. So I kind of like that and I kind of don't. It, it definitely is is good at setting of this mood and it's very consistent throughout the whole movie. But it's also at some times just kind of like fucking annoying. <laughs> like I, it's remember, literally, I remember at one point in this movie on like one of the wipes, I got a little dizzy. Yeah, there are a yeah, few parts it where gets, it's like, Jesus, it guy, gets a calm little down. out of control. But I mean, again, it, it's, again, it's it. done with a purpose and that yes. I can appreciate even though you question how well it works throughout the entire two page masters of this movie <laughs> so we get to the center of the town and the who's they hate the grinch just as much as the grinch hates them because just the mention of his name causes a goddamn pile up <laughs> like everyone just <laughs> slams into each other now we're introduced to kind of this family of who's uh first there's bill Irwin who plays lou lou who Mm -hmm. You get it. His wife, who we're not introduced to yet, but she's Molly Shannon. Uh, she plays Betty Lou Who. And their daughter, Cindy Lou Who, who's kind of next to the Grinch, probably the secondary main character of the movie. Yeah. Which is weird because I think she's only in like two pages of the book, if I remember right, Cindy or in Lou the cartoon. Who? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cindy Lou Who is really in. I just she has one scene of dialogue in the cartoon where yeah. she's like, "Where are you taking the tree?" Exactly, and then that's it. Yeah, she's and shown later she, at the end. Yeah, but and like, then that's she's it. at the end when they're like, "Oh, like Cindy Lou, who's adorable." But yeah, I mean, they really take the focus and put it on this character, which I guess you have to do when you're taking what a. a 20 page book yeah. <laughs> spreading it into it makes sense that they, hour that they minutes. focus this up on a child you know especially where this movie's geared toward kids she's yeah. played by the newcomer at the time Taylor Momsen I believe I don't know if she went on to do much of acting after this I don't but think so she might have gotten pretty involved hot, dude. Great now day. not then oh my god well come on I was probably nine at the time I guess so I, guess. I don't know how old she's supposed to be seven well, or eight so I think I 
I think, do not quote me on this. I'm quoting if you, the, dude. If the guy on iTunes who doesn't like our fact-checking is listening. <laughs> um, I, He's I, not. <laughs> I, I doubt it because um, he doesn't like us. He did not but, like us. <laughs> but um, I think she went on to do something with music or yes, maybe Yes, that's right. I think she's a musician yeah. or a model or something. But. Yeah. But um, – but yeah, I don't re- I don't remember seeing her in anything post Grinch. She's uh her performance in this she's not terrible. She she's plays the very sweet and innocent kid, but it also sounds like she's just repeating literally what the director says, like he says it in an inflection and then she just does it the exact way because there's really no reaction in her performance. It's yeah. all like I've memorized this line, I have to say it like this. But again, she's well, a kid actress. She's not bad though. Well, it reminds me of a kid who's just reciting Dr. Seuss lines from mm-hmm. a book and she really doesn't have anything complicated in this movie as far as lines go yeah um so she you know there probably wasn't a huge demand for her but at the same time she's you know about as child actress as you can get in this yeah pretty serviceable she's yeah she's fine um lou works at the post office and this is right before christmas i think it's what a a, the day before or a couple days before i think it's the day before or like I think it's Christmas Eve. If Christmas I Eve, yeah. So you know, it's it's madness there. There's a lot of you know package and envelope delivery jokes and whatnot. But uh, this is where Cindy first is introduced to the Grinch. So she knows of this legend, but she's kind of being kind of explained more and more about what he is and why he hates Christmas and whatnot. But she kind of becomes fascinated with him. Mm-hmm. And then while she's out back there, you know, this is where we get a little bit more of what Jim Carrey is trying to do with this character because immediately. It's not the character you kind of think it is because the Grinch in the cartoon or in the book is not like a, a rubber-faced, you no, know, wacky comedian no, guy. he's somber and he's grumpy and grouchy um, and just mean. I yeah. mean, Jack Nicholson actually makes sense for what you'd picture the Grinch to be, like an old curmudgeon looking like, yeah. green no, I mean, creature. <laughs> I mean, the, to use a, a comparison we made in the last movie, he's just supposed to be a Scrooge. Yeah, of course. You know, he's yeah. just, I don't like Christmas. I Why should I? I don't like people. Why should I? I don't like fun. Why should I? But in this, he's more like, he's he's entertaining himself. He's more manic in this. Very manic. Yes. I mean, he's very rubbery. He's very, you know, physical comedy playing to the strengths of Jim Carrey. And like we said before, he kind of nails it. Like it's a really good, wacky, goddamn over the top performance that Jesus, he had caffeine every day on set. I mean, yeah, caffeine or maybe something a little, some boogie shuggy dude, a little stronger, making it snow, some delicious nose clams. That's reckless of us, by the way. We, we, <laughs> yeah, don't, we don't, don't do, do that. not quote us on this. Cindy reluctantly falls into this uh, sorting machine at one point, and the Grinch makes the decision to save her life. It's one of many decisions that, you know, are very un-Grinch-like in this movie. Well, dude, maybe it's just foreshadowing for the hidden kindness inside him. Well, his heart is two sizes too small at this point, okay? Yeah, that's true. And it's actually portrayed by, like, a weird rinky-dink, like, yeah. <laughs> dying cartoon heart. That's kind of funny. But he, But he is goaded by his dog who and the dog has a heart of gold because he's a dog yes so the grinch you know heads back up to crumpet after he's caused all kinds of chaos downtown we're also introduced to christine baranski who is martha may huvier uh the next door neighbor to the who's and she Uh, is pretty gorgeous dude yeah no what's weird is they choose how much who they really want to make these characters depending on how sexy they are (laughs) so and so we were making the comment that uh cindy lou who does not have any makeup in terms of her nose yeah she hasn't grown into it yet yeah she had they say that she hasn't grown into it but it it probably more was like wow that does not test well on screen she looks like peter from jumanji without the monkey hair exactly she's got monkey face yeah exactly so but but if you notice some of the how do i put this delicately better looking extras don't have a lot of makeup yes. on their face yep. either um as you said mary may what was it mary, mary may, martha may huvier god damn it I'll, <laughs> I'll never get that that character uh has very 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 little makeup on her nose in in fact almost to the point where we didn't think she had makeup on her nose for a while so they were very picky about who gets makeup on this and who doesn't so what I'm kind of glad that they didn't go the route of is the musical. I'm glad that there's really only two, one. Yeah, there's like two, two songs. Two songs. Yeah. Um, there's both of the songs from the uh, original cartoon. So there's technically three. There's really only one edition, but they keep it light and they keep it minimum. And I like that because mm. as a kid, I hated musicals. And <laughs> so well, whatever, dude. But but uh, the first song that we get here is uh, "Where Are You Christmas." Yep. 
And this is about Cindy Lou Who. She's a little cynical about Christmas herself. She thinks it's a little bit too capitalistic and you yeah. know, people are too focused on the wrong things around Christmas. She's confused as to what Christmas is about. And she feels bad that there's a man up in or a Grinch up in the mountain who just doesn't have anybody to celebrate Christmas with. She thinks that's wrong. What are your thoughts on this song, by the way? Well, why don't we, uh, for the listening audience, uh, serenade them with a little bit in a duet. I'm not even going to ask you to go right here. We go three, two, one. Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? <laughs> Where I have you gone? Away. It's beautiful. My world is changing. I'm rearranging. I'm rearranging. Does that mean Christmas changed or just me, dude? Or just me? Check out our new album, Nostalgia Be Jammed. <laughs> we need that stat. Yeah, nostalgia Be Jammed. <laughs> Oh man, but I, dude, out of the, you know the Christmas songs to come out post two thousand, it's not a terrible one. They're, the Faith Hill one that that blares at the so end of this, I, yeah, isn't I, as enjoyable as her singing. I think no, that, this little girl yeah. has a very charming way of singing this. She does, you know, she doesn't really kind of has have the vocal chops at that kind mm-hmm. of young age to sustain notes like she, they probably would have wanted her to. But yeah. I think it's very charming and endearing, and I thought it was perfect. I actually like it a lot more than the Faith Hill version. Yeah, but it's a, it, but it's a decent little song. Yeah. White Girl Anthem. White Girl Anthem, for sure. And inside her room, if you'll notice, the art direction, which I understand completely deserved uh, an Oscar nomination because mm-hmm. it's it's very detailed and just bizarre. But everything is weird in this room. Even the, she, So she's written a letter to Santa. Even the pencil's fucking crooked. <laughs> yeah, and her writing, bad. Terrible penmanship. Terrible it. penmanship. Grow up. Grow the fuck up. Next, we get to finally see uh, the Grinch's lair, you know, where he lives. And I really like the look of this, actually. It's not really explored too heavily in the cartoon or whatnot, but I like what they've done in live-action form here. No, yeah. I mean, it, it again, it just looks like they put so much work into the set, and it shows it's very dark and clammy and... It, it it works really well for the character, I think, at least what they're trying to develop there. And this is actually where I think we get the first few couple laughs of this movie. This movie genuine laughs. has some genuine laughs. He's really funny in a few bits, specifically when he's introduced just like chilling in his dental chair and he's eating glass. <laughs> he just, just takes a bite out of a bottle. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. And I love the echo jokes as a kid, the whole, you're an idiot, you're, uh, as a kid. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of these things that... Interestingly enough, I I can pinpoint jokes that I remember laughing out loud as a kid. Like, there's a few of them here, and we'll get to a few of them. That was one of them, the whole you're an idiot thing. As an adult, you watch it, and you're just like, I was a stupid fucking kid. (laughs) Yeah, but then at the jokes that you, like, don't really laugh at now, you're like, like like him eating glass. Like, it's pretty funny. This movie's written in a a kind of Shrek-esque manner that they were doing in the early 2000s, where there was all these double entendres and innuendos that, you know, you get at a certain level, and children aren't supposed to. But there are a few jokes that just transcend all, and and you just laugh. There's a few genuine laughs The genuine laughs kind of remind me of a little bit of SpongeBob. Like, yeah, kids can laugh at this, but, like, you kind of have a deeper appreciation for some of the jokes as a young adult or uh, middle-aged person. Now we finally get the Grinch origin story, dude, that the one that we've always asked for, asking for. We've dude. always asked for it, dude. We'll probably get it again in 2018. I Who can't knows? wait, dude. I can't wait. But uh, Cindy Lou becomes interested kind of in the Grinch's history, so she starts to ask everyone who knew him what he was like and why he hates Christmas. So she goes to, what, the the people who raised him, the two women who raised him, Mm -hmm. and they tell the story of how all kids come to Whoville in this fucking snowflake. Apparently, they're just kind of sent by... Umbrella? Yeah, sent by Umbrella. <laughs> it's like a stork, but there's no animal. It's right. that whole thing where they're just kind of shipped in, they fly into... And I feel like this is a good time to remind listeners that they live on a snowflake. They do live on a snowflake. And it's never explained <laughs> why he's green. This is what pisses me the most off about this origin story. It really explains nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because he's a, he's green for whatever reason. He looks like he does for whatever reason. He already has a predisposition to not liking Santa and Christmas. Yeah, the when he's first introduced, like as a he child. eats like a... Yeah. a 
platter, a glass platter with Santa's Santa, face on yeah. it. Santa, bye bye. And then when he goes to school, he's drawing a photo of like him killing Santa or something. Yeah, and like nothing that. has happened at this point for him to dislike Christmas for any reason. Yeah. So then they explain kind of why he does have such an animosity toward the whole season, and it basically boils down to he has a crush on Martha when she was very young, mm-hmm. um, and they were in the same grade. And there's also the mayor who, as an adult, is portrayed by Jeffrey Tambor. Here, it's just this you know little shit who is basically like picking on the Grinch because yeah. he knows that he has a crush on her. Yeah, and he's green and hairy. So the Grinch hears that our Martha tells the Grinch that she loves Christmas. So he goes home and does something he's never done before, makes her like a Christmas ornament to exchange as a gift. Um, and he decides that he needs to shave because he's been made fun of because he's hairy. Yeah. So he shaves and goes to class and everybody makes fun of him. <laughs> Look at that hack jaw! <laughs> yeah, because he's got cuts all over his face. I it, it, Very weird that like people like made fun of him for that, I guess. And but, then, yeah, they make fun of him for shaving and that's it. He picks up the tree and he's like, I hate Christmas! And then throws he, it and then he goes up and fucking lives off the land at eight years old. He builds a goddamn snow cavern or some <laughs> shit, dude. What the hell? It's ridiculous. In um, an arctic wasteland. And apparently doesn't go down for several years. Yeah, and, and like if everyone knows he's up there, like why didn't anyone... He's an eight-year-old kid. Why didn't anyone go up to find him? Well, why is he an urban myth if, like, it was established that he was a child in this very small town? Yeah, that would be like... And now they're like, He's real. His name's Chuck, and I went to school with him. Yeah, I went to school with Chuck. (laughs) I went to school with Bigfoot, He's kind of a dick, but, like, I don't think he'd kill you. That hack job. Yeah, like... Ridiculous. The the whole origin story thing was something that wasn't needed, and it was lazy, and just it it didn't explain anything. No, it really doesn't. But, you know, snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. We see the Grinch. He's just yelling people's names from a phone book out. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Hubilation, dude. It's the Hubilation now at this point, and... Cindy Lou who <laughs> nominates him to be the the what is it? Holiday the, Cheermeister, oh, dude. God in heaven. Which is basically like prom king for this town or whatever. Right. And apparently Christmas time. you only need one person to nominate you. I don't you know win, and dude. I don't know how they select this person because it's so, nonsense. She, she, she's the one person who says anything and no one And like everybody generally disagrees with her, but he like yeah, doesn't sure, matter. Like, if yeah, you can get him down here, you'll yeah, win. Whatever. Win. So she makes the trek up and yeah, basically tries to convince him to come down. And uh, he wrestles with the idea, you know, this whole weird back and forth of him, like, wrestling with his inner demons and whether or not he should come down. But then she tells him about the award. So the Grinch reluctantly decides to go down. Yeah, he sends her down a chute and there's this whole, what's he gonna wear, dude? What's what is he, he gonna, gonna wear? wear? So he kidnaps a guy and probably kills him. Steals his clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. The yodeler yeah, out the there. Yeah, the yodeler steals his clothes. Uh, he goes down there and uh, the mayor is like, all right, fine. Like, yeah, you can be the the <laughs> cheermeister. Yeah, before he winds up actually going down, there is, the, again, when we talk about some genuine laughs, his whole bit with his, like, the schedule bit is really funny. Oh, yeah, he goes through, like, funny, a bunch yeah. of shit that he has to do in that night at one point. Wallow in like, self-pity? <laughs> yeah. Stare into the abyss? Yeah, he's like, 6.30, dinner with myself, I can't cancel that again. <laughs> no, it actually Some genuine good funny. stuff yeah, that I think he probably improv some of it or whatnot, but oh, I'm sure it's funny, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he arrives in town, by the way, via this, I don't know, sewage tunnel thing, whatever. They, like, yeah, shove all cares, the garbage man. up there. Yeah. But he lands directly in between some boobs. Oh, okay. Christine Baranski, dude. That's sexual assault, brother. <laughs> so the mayor reluctantly decides, fine, let's let him do this. If he's going to do this, though, you have to go through the entire, like, I wouldn't say initiation, <laughs> but it's a whole celebration. So here's oh some God. of the shit he has to do. He gets put in the chair of cheer. He has to eat <laughs> Pudding and fruitcake and fudge and there's Christmas conga and all this other dumb bullshit. Yeah, that obviously the Grinch wouldn't like. Everybody else would probably fucking love. <laughs> but he's slowly coming around to it and you can tell he's actually starting to enjoy his, enjoy himself. And once he starts to finally, you know, kind of be happy, uh, the mayor decides to give him, you know, the, kind of the first gift of Christmas, which is a tradition here. And he gives him a fucking razor, dude. Just like the one he fucking cut himself as an eight-year-old. So he Why gets would some, they do this? Why this would they do so this? so mean. mean. <laughs> That's so mean. Everyone's been, like laughing and stuff. And he's having PTSD flashbacks oh of God. shit. And then the mayor does the ballsiest thing ever. Yeah. He decides that he's going to propose to Martha with 
a, a ring that is three giant diamonds yeah, stacked on ridiculous. top of each other. Yeah. And then he's also going to buy her a car. So at this point, dude, the Grinch, he is triggered. Yeah, he goes off, dude. And actually, I mean, he's basically just tearing apart the fabric of, like, <laughs> Christmas consumerism. And it's weird. Yeah, it's actually weird because he kind of stands the moral high ground I was say, here. At this point in the movie, he's kind of the person who's saying kind of what it is. He's basically like, it's, you know, it's you not guys, about. You guys are so materialistic. Yeah. You just end up throwing this garbage anyway you don't care about anybody but yourselves yeah. all the gifts you get they all come to me yeah but it's pretty cool like i like this scene it's good it, it is good and it's a really good jim carrey scene but it is weird that like the grinch of all people in this movie ends up ends up on the moral high ground yeah. here it's kind of yeah. weird and uh so he eventually winds up burning down the christmas tree at the center of town <laughs> and it's just pandemonium he winds up hijacking a tiny car and crashing it and it lights on fire and there's actually kind of a funny like just like poke at uh, action films basically yeah. where he's running away and it explodes and like, it's gonna blow up it's like a car the a size tiny, of maybe yeah. your laptop yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just a huge mushroom cloud in the, in the center of town. So eventually, you know, he heads back up to, uh, to Mount Crumpet. And at this point, he knows his attack really failed to move anybody because every as they're as he's leaving, they're just kind of bringing in new tr- uh, trees and all this shit. Like, it doesn't matter. He can't hurt them or their Christmas spirit. So this is when, dude, we get that famous monologue from the cartoon where he's talking about all oh, the who's down in Whoville. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of puns and jokes about how the narrator's rhyming and Jim Carrey or the, the Grinch doesn't want to rhyme his words that are kind yeah. of funny. Like, no, I'm rhyming. Yeah. It's like half of me dislikes some of the fourth wall breaking because some of it's too winky and kind of cringy. But the other half, I really enjoy. And they, they uh, play with I the kinda formula like, kind yeah. of funnily. Yeah. yeah I this enjoy one I kind of like. Um, but he delivers that famous dialogue, which leads him to believe, dude. That's it. He's got to steal Christmas. Yep. So uh, we get the little making the suit montage and we get into Jim Carrey's version of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Which, by the way, um, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch is probably my favorite Christmas song. Okay. Um, and this is done really well. It is. I and it's him it really singing, is. too. Yeah. It's him. He sounds really good. good. He voice. does like a ton of different voices. He does incredibly well. Um, it's... I think I still like the original a little bit more, but this is a really nice update to it. Yes. And, but yeah, it's basically his whole, like, getting his sleigh together. He realizes he's got to get a, once he actually spies Santa during, you know, Christmas Eve night as he's making his way around the fucking snowflake interior, I guess. He, Dude, they uh, live in a snowflake. They live in a snowflake. He decides that, uh, you know, he needs a reindeer, so he gets Max. You know, the same stuff you've seen in the cartoon. In my opinion, it's hard to top the cartoon, and, and I actually... I wouldn't say I prefer the stuff that's not from the cartoon in this movie, mm-hmm. but it, whenever that stuff's on screen, I can't help but compare it to the cartoon, and it just kind of pales. So, this, so my biggest problem with this at this point, um, and y- you might hate me for this, you might not. This is the point in the movie where I'm starting to get a little restless. Mm-hmm. I like this is I think roughly around when I check the timestamp to see how much time is left in the movie because it does. It, it feels a little draggy at this point. We've got. It, I know we've kind of blown through it, but it, it, it takes a while yeah. to get to this point. Well, I think it takes about an hour to get to this point. Dude, to continue my tradition of comparing two movies that are nothing alike, I, it kind of reminded me of uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, oh where literally the the second half of that movie is John Carpenter's Halloween, and the first half is right. Rob Zombie's take on his origin story. Right. Like, once you get to, all right, I'm going to steal Christmas, that's the cartoon that we've seen, that's the book that we've read, and so at that point, you lose all kind of surprise, yeah. which is fine, because that's what you came for, you know what you're going to get with a Grinch movie, but in my opinion, I wouldn't say that the, the first half is necessarily better, it's just different, and I guess a little more original, and so I'm kind of wondering where the story will well, go. Well, so if you look at the books, too, and the cartoon, I mean, in the cartoon... This is the climax of the cartoon. Yes. And and it's kind of the climax of the movie. It is. Yeah, it's and just... that cartoon's really only, like, what, a half hour long? Yeah, 20-something minutes. Yeah, it's, that. it's yeah. nothing. So, like, I get they have to expand this movie. You have to draw this movie out. Um, and you can tell that the first half, like you said, it is the movie's baby. Like, yeah, this yeah, sure. is the part yeah. that they wanted to, like, express, and they create it, and they care about it. This almost feels obligatory at this point where it's like, well, he's got to steal Christmas. Sure. For sure. Yeah. But this is what it also seems like it's kind of all also been building to. You right. know what I mean? Right. So he goes to town and basically starts sucking out presents, you know, through the chimney with this giant vacuum hole. Yep. He's sucking presents and decorations and he has food. His, he has this exchange with Cindy Lou Who where he tells her like, oh, your tree's broken. I'm taking it back. 
and uh, you know I'll put it back. But the twist on this is you actually care about Cindy Lou Who at this point. So uh, she also throws in a quick like, "Hey, Santa, don't forget to stop by the Grinch and yep. say hi." I don't think he has anybody. <laughs> yeah, he even doesn't though he's that. ugly and smelly, and his <laughs> yeah. hands are gold and clammy. Which you know, yeah, that's that, again, that's obligatory. You have to throw that in. But I actually there like that. Sweet, I like there that are some moment. genuinely yeah. sweet moments in this that are like. Some I mean, people can listen, look at it. This is a good Christmas movie. It is. It's it a is, genuinely yeah. good Christmas movie. It yeah. really is. Uh, so after a whole bunch of shenanigans, you know, one of which includes Mayor Whoville and he, the Grinch, what? He puts the dog's butt on his face? He kisses the dog's butt. Yeah, and he then tongue they, they punches s- the fart butt. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they even CGI the dog's eyes to widen like, Ooh. oh, man, it's bad. <laughs> it's so stupid. But eventually he steals everything and uh, they get back to the top of Crumpet and he's awaiting to hear everyone just, you know, start bawling their eyes out. They're all going to cry. Boo hoo. So this is one thing that I actually had a concern about because I didn't remember it from original watchings. But uh, the I was a little concerned about the overall theme of the Grinch at this point because part of the thing that has been constant with the Who's has been that they're all materialistic and they all like Christmas for seemingly the wrong reasons. And I really hadn't seen a change in that up to this point because in the cartoon in the book this is when the who's prove him wrong yeah they come out and they say we don't care that you took the tree we don't care that you took the presents we have each other it's christmas we're just happy to be here and it because of the way they set up the who's in this it takes a while for them to get there they come out and they're originally all very distraught and sad and angry especially the mayor who you know who's yelling at Cindy Lou who like I hope you're proud of yourself but this is when the dad steps up and says I am proud of her you know what she she did the right thing she she knows what christmas is really all about and we can all probably learn a thing or two from her and this is the who's revelation this is when they're like okay like yeah you're right yeah. you can't destroy christmas but i but so one of the things i was wondering is does this detract from the original you know, message of the Grinch because in in the book in the cartoon, the Grinch was just the antagonist. He was, you know, he was the one who was in the wrong from the very beginning. Yeah. In this one, it seems like everybody except Cindy Lou Who is in the wrong. Yeah, I think the problem here is also they don't have other than Cindy Lou Who, there aren't a whole bunch of ultra likable Who's, and I think yeah. you lose something when. Because the Who's are supposed to be your heroes of the story. They're supposed to be nice and convince the Grinch that Christmas is something you're supposed to love and be happy about. But when you make them kind of materialistic and and stressed out over Christmas and everyone's just dealing, everyone kind of seems similar, Mm -hmm. despite the mayor being, you know, the biggest of the baddies, I guess. It just, it kind of takes it away from me. A a little little bit, bit, a little bit. But I mean, they do redeem themselves very well because the scene after this is very nice. They all circle around. They, you know, it, it, you get that real human element that obviously you didn't get in like a, in a cartoon. Um, but you, you know, you get the emotion on the extras faces and the, and the supporting roles faces and they, they circle around, they do their, uh, Christmas, something's here. Nostalgia be jammed. <laughs> Buy it on iTunes. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, the Grinch is obviously watching this from on top of Mount Crumpet, and he once again delivers uh, that famous line. It came without boxes. It came without tags. It came without something. Ribbons or tag, whatever. I can't remember. It's a really good, <laughs> it's a really good one. It's no. really good. Take our word for so it. So as he hears this, yeah, he hears the noise that who's singing merrily, and he goes, has this whole revelation where he's basically like, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Oh, it's beautiful, and dude. And <laughs> his fucking heart starts to grow within his chest, and I love the way they portray it because they don't do it like in the cartoon where it just literally grows. It's treated like a like a medical condition. Well, so I, this actually caught me off guard on how much I laughed at this because uh, he's just delivered in a very good, convincing, yeah, really Jim Carrey way uh, that this, I mean, this is one of Dr. Seuss's most beloved lines, and it just uh it's so well done and it's so well written and he delivers it so well and then he just goes over the top like he's having a heart attack it's such a departure from yeah. what this moment is supposed to be and i think it's actually really funny it is and then he eventually just starts weeping at the sunrise just <laughs> yeah. crying out loud and kisses max probably the first affection he's ever shown that dog why does that dog like him <laughs> i think he just needs food dude i guess because I, I imagine someone probably threw him out and that's yeah. how he got 
shot up there. Right, Max's, how else would he get the dog? Yeah, Max is feral, which, by the way, don't give your kids puppies for Christmas. <laughs> so in this moment, he decides he wants to save Christmas. He wants to bring all the presents back down to the people. And just as he realizes it's starting to tip over the cliff, he's like, you know what? It's all just gifts, though. If it does go, whatever, it's okay. And but then he realizes, what, dude? fuck, dude, Cindy Lou Who's on the top of the sleigh. What an annoying bitch. <laughs> How did she get up there? <laughs> but he realizes, you know, I got to get the strength, you know, in me to to save everything, to save Christmas. And mm. for somehow, whatever, because his heart's bigger now, he can now lift the entire goddamn sleigh over his head. He's it's, got the Christmas spirit. It's fucking awesome. And then he, and then the sleigh crushes him because he can't hold the weight. That's how the, the Grinch stole the, how Christmas. No, obviously bam, bam. that's not how it ends, dude. No, dude, they race down the mountain. Uh, we got to get a little Grinch ski scene in there, dude. Of course, dude. CGI's really bad in this shot. <laughs> yeah, really Spread Eagle sh- nailed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although I do, admittedly, I don't know why I laughed at this line so much, but she at one point she's like, oh my god, we're going to crash, and he just goes, hey, even if we get horrifically mangled. <laughs> There'll be no tears on Christmas. Although this also, I forgot to mention, that that was after he delivered the line, the snow is bitching. <laughs> he does, he does he say the snow is bitching. says yeah. that, it's pretty funny. So they arrive in town. And basically, all he has to do is apologize, and everything's forgiven. Yep. It's really kind yep. of anticlimactic. The, co- the cops are thing. like, yeah. no, he's fine. Yeah, it's, this is where it starts to get really drawn out, because then uh, Mary... Oh, my God, I'm never going to say it. Cindy Lou Who? Oh, no, Mary... No, Mary... Oh, fuck. Martha May... Martha... Who oh, my you? God, that's worse. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> goddamn um, names. But, yeah, so Martha... Says, uh, you know, I'm not going to marry the mayor. I'm going to marry the Grinch. Because... Which is so weird. Does he even have a dick, dude? <laughs> <laughs> they live on a snowflake. It <laughs> so, doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Nothing dude. matters, dude. We're they living on, in a snowflake. We live in a snowflake. Fuck. Um, nothing matters. But um, so, and he, he's very rude about this, too, by the way, because he just, like, basically laughs in the mayor's face and, like, dances around very Chill out, yes. Dude. Yeah. Chill out, dude. It's Huge Christmas. turn off, yeah. Anyway, yeah, like, so... nothing personal, and they shake hands. Yeah, like, everything's forgiven, like, dude. No, everything's that good. was kind of personal, dude. Yeah, I now, everyone knows that I'm a piece of shit, but the girlfriend that I thought was going to marry me yeah. is no longer with me. My whole Christmas is ruined. My life is ruined. But it doesn't matter because we live on a snowflake. So the mayor goes and hangs himself in the square. <laughs> in the square. Anyway. No, but then we get the, the, you know, the welcome Christmas song. And the Grinch himself cuts the roast beast, dude. Yeah, dude. Everyone's gathered around at the holiday gathering. We pull out. We keep going. We keep. What's this? We keep going. Wait, dude. Oh, my God. It's the fucking snowflake. We're coming out of a snowflake. There are dozens of snowflakes. That's right. They live in a snowflake. Oh, my God. There's so many. So There are so many and little as soon universes. As that right snowflake that touches snowstorm. the ground, dude. Gone. Decimation. Everyone's yeah. dead. Yeah. That. And then, so I'm leaving. I'm exiting the theater going, are we all just on a snowflake? Is this is this all just on a snowflake right now? If you don't suffer existential crises like us at Nostalgia Be Damned, uh, that's actually just where the movie ends. Fade to black. A little <laughs> Faith Hill kicks in. Where are you, Christmas? Which I think is a mistake. I think Why they should have... can't I find you? I, which is a mistake. I think they should have ended with either Fahu Dore or... Uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. I would have liked the original. Yeah. You're, you're a mean one, I, Mr. I Grinch. was kind that of expecting nice. it, actually. And then the Faith Hill song. I'm a little disappointed in that. But that's the Grinch, that's dude. That's it, dude. That's how the Grinch uh, stole how Christmas. How the Grinch stole Christmas. What are you talking about? Dude, um, so, uh, you know, I wasn't really expecting to like this movie as much as I ended up liking it. Um, I think it's, while not Ron Howard's best movie, I think it is extremely well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Carrey, I think, like you said, is pretty good in this i he mean is. he's i don't see anybody else being able to pull off what he did in this movie um i do think there's uh, a little bit of cliche in it which is fine um and again i wasn't crazy about how they kind of detract the message from the original which is just like the who's do not like that's not why they like christmas it's the the reason they like christmas is because they get to spend time with each other um and the, it, that kind of takes away from it. It takes away from the message a little bit. But for all the flaws that it had, I think there were way more upsides to it. I thought it was funny. Um, I thought all the acting was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it did get a little draggy at the end for me. I, I feel like uh, maybe a solid 15 minutes could have been cut out of that movie, and I'd have been okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, dude, I really don't have a lot to complain about here. 
Um, I thought it was well made. The music was good. The score is unbelievable. Really good score. Yep. Really good score. Uh, the makeup is astounding. I, I still can't believe what they must have gone through. And yeah. like you said, uh, set and art was beautiful. Um, you said the original was what? A f- 53%. 53 dude. I'm going to go ahead and give this movie, I'm just going to give it 10 more. I'm going to give it a 63 All right. overall. I, I, you know what? I was genuinely surprised how much I ended up liking this movie. It's not um, perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But I think in terms of... Uh, movies that we sit down to watch for Christmas every year, I think this rightfully earns its spot on the network. Yeah. Uh, there are so many of these movies you see, especially around the early 2000s era, that came and went with regards to setting around Christmas. And this is one that I think they managed to do it in a sort of timeless way, where I think this movie will continue to, you know, be a staple around mm-hmm. Christmas time for families. And it's written in a way that can appeal to adults and children in such a small category of like movies that actually work in this genre around Christmas time. I think this is one that kind of stands head and shoulders above the rest. Like, yeah. The production value is there. It's solidly directed and acted. I like the art direction. Pretty much everything you've said, dude, I'm going to echo. Uh, I was going to give it like a – as I was watching it, I was going to give it a 55 just based on – I don't know if I wanted to give it a fresh review just because there there are a lot of moments in the movie that are kind of just cringy and, and I would say border yeah. on an, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the the origin story. Of course. Fuck like that with every story. part – with every great thing Jim Carrey does, I'd say there's – I'd say for every three great things Jim Carrey does, there's one moment in here that are kind of that's kind of grating, and you could tell just they were like, "Go for it, Jim! Like yeah. more, more!" Yeah, and exactly. it's like, "All right, man." But uh, but I'll say I'm gonna actually give it I'm gonna give it a 65, and I'm gonna give that because out of movies to genuinely watch at Christmas time, I think this is one of the best to come out in the last 20 years. Like mm-hmm. he's great in it, and it's a good performance. It's funny. There are genuine laughs in here. The music's good, and it's one that I'll probably continue. I, I I hadn't seen it in a good five or six years, and it's one that I I watch every few years. It's not a it's not a movie that I think I need to see every Christmas, but if it's on and it's like one of those movies where you're like watching it with your family, you got to watch mm-hmm. something. That can yeah definitely throw on the Grinch. I think as a parent, I, not that I am a parent. This is a blind you are spot now. for me. Come in, Jennifer. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but this is a blind spot for me because obviously I'm not a parent. But I would think that if I were a parent. I would maybe want to introduce my kids to the cartoon first because I think the cartoon um, is a little bit more simpler um, in terms of message. And, you know, this might be a movie that I introduce to them uh, later as in their lives because it, it, I think it captures the spirit of what it was – what it set out to accomplish. Yes. Um well, I would say there's no denying that the the cartoon is is by far a better movie. And if you're yeah. going to watch either, hands down, one one the cartoon's only twenty something minutes long. You could watch it five times over yeah, in the length of this true. movie, and it's it's absolutely better in every way. It's just a more concise story. The writing is Dr. Seuss, and and that's the other thing is some of these lines that they're trying to emulate Dr. Seuss kind of come off as just lazy, like really yeah, basic no, rhymes. True. Like I get it. And it's just hard to emulate though, that style. And no, it's, it's true. It's, you know, so they did their best. If you're not sticking to script, it's hard to match, uh, his sort of cadence and style. Yeah. So for what, what they were given, you know, again, it's like here, make this, make a 20 minute movie into a feature length film. And they did it. They did it. And like a lot of people call this movie pretty shitty. I actually thought this was worse reviewed critically because, in the years since, I feel like this movie gets shit on a lot by a lot of people I hear like talking about it, and I, I don't think it's deserving of all the hate. I mean, I think if you look at a lot of Christmas movies that have come out just since yes. 2000, the, I think this is better than a lot of them. I think probably one of the better Dr. Seuss movies in general. Genuinely surprised and happy about how much I actually ended up enjoying it. Me too, yeah. I, I would say it's uh, if you're comparing movies right around the exact same time, I'd say it's not quite as good as Elf. Yeah. But it's a pretty damn good Christmas movie, and if you're looking for something... I mean, I think everyone has seen it. It's a movie that, you know, is just so saturated it, in the public at this point. Isn't it weird, though, that a lot of kids, like, this is their Grinch. Like, you and me, we were talking about the cartoon was our Grinch. Yeah. Like, this is the Grinch for some and when, kids. I guess yeah, if this is the first 
one you see of it and then maybe again if you were to watch this one first and then go back to see the cartoon i don't know how kids would react to either you know honestly well, that's why so. i think you should see the cartoon first you definitely I should. Really think you should but that was the grinch man i'm glad we finally got the chance to watch it because it was one that i had been wanting to get back into for a while i am too uh i'm not as optimistic about next week what jamie <laughs> put the cookie down in, now in case you don't know what that means it's jingle all the way dude <sighs> i do remember even back when i was young loving the concept of this how movie. can you not dude I, I how mean, can you not love this cast arnold schwarzenegger yeah. sinbad phil hartman dude the toy in Holy jingle all the way shit. was like turbo the man. coolest toy turbo ever man. yeah turbo man he was like the coolest toy ever um so <laughs> hey anakin skywalker dude oh my fuck god that yeah kid. that's true no fuck that kid <laughs> So yeah, but, yeah jingle all the way next week. Oh my god, I'm excited. Very I'm excited. Have a good time with that. Thanks guys for listening, for sharing, for liking and subscribing. Let your friends know if they're asking about a podcast. If you got some long drives to go to some family over the holiday weekends here, let them know. You can burn an hour by listening to two assholes talk about dumb movies from their past. Absolutely. <laughs> you can find us on iTunes. You can also find us at nbd.podbean.com which is our original host. We're also on a lot of other podcast apps. I'm going to try and figure out how to get us on Google Play soon. I Ooh, think, hot. Well, don't take my word for it. I might just get lazy and not do it. Sweet. You can also uh, send us an email at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. Send us a request or a question or just interact with us. We like to chat with our listeners. Yeah, we'd love to answer your questions on the podcast. Also, really quick before we uh, settle in here, I just want to give a shout out to my man, Tom. I was supposed to be working tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Tom. Thank and you we for taking a, a yeah, shift. We got a snowstorm coming in in the next few days, so it we needed to get this recorded. Yeah. And uh, so thanks, Tom, for taking that shift. I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it, dude. Um, also, feel free to just really quick, I want to just pound this into your brains. Uh, write us a review on iTunes or on nbd.podbean.com. We love the reviews, even if you're just plain Doug, um, who does not like us on <laughs> iTunes, which is fine. You know, write us a bad review if you don't like us. We prefer the good ones. We just prefer <laughs> feedback. Um, just plain Doug, you know, I mean, he doesn't like us, and that's okay. We're not saying we don't like him. We love all our listeners, no matter how brutally honest. Or brutally honest. <laughs> Guys, we know this isn't great. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. It's our getting best. better, right? I would hope Is so. It? I don't know. All right. Well, uh, with that out of the way, I think it's time we uh, go ahead and just get the Wrap advertisement. The nope. God. The advertisement out of the way. Can you hand me the copy, please? Thank you. Do you read these before you go on? No. Dude, I don't, you know this. I don't prepare for anything. You do not. I do quite a bit of the research. All right. So, Brandon, um, Christmas time, obviously, very special for all of us. I love to spend the Christmas with my family. How about you? Who doesn't? Yeah, of course. And that's exactly what it's all about. If this movie taught us nothing, that it's about being with friends and family. Um, Unfortunately, as life goes in this crazy snowflake we live in, um, (laughs) you know, some of our family members that we used to celebrate Christmas with, they're no longer here. They deceased. They perish. They shed their mortal coil. So is the circle of life. It's not a truth that we like to uh, live with, but we live with it nonetheless. But what if I told you there's a way that you can actually spend uh, Christmas with your loved ones that are no longer with us? Uh, Like in memory or in like... Kind of, dude. Thanks to a little company called Postmortem Merriment, you and your loved ones can spend time with those who are no longer with us uh, in the spiritual realm. Okay. So what they do, Brandon, and I'm going to need you to stick with me because this is a little complicated here. Um, So instead of sending your loved ones into a grave or having them cremated, if you take them to postmortem merriment, they will actually take the remains of your loved one and make them into a wonderful Christmas ornament that you can hang on your tree or right above the fireplace for you and uh, all of Jesus anyone who Christ, comes through. Dude, that is dark. Oh, God, this one is They make really them dark. into ornaments. Yeah, like the appa- corpses? Yeah, I guess apparently. So they, oh, ew. Yeah, they, they take, like, bones and, like, make them into, like, wreaths and, like, ugh. So get, let me get this straight. You're using, like, shin bones, collarbones, ribs to make Christmas ornaments? Uh, yes, that is an accurate Jesus assessment. Jesus Christ, dude, that one's dark. Well, we got to spin gotta this talk somehow. To about this. This is dark. I don't like this one so- at all. I'm guessing a full... Re- Are there different prices? What if I've already buried my, my loved one? Well, you can, it says... Exhum- There's an extraction fee. Here yeah. it is right here. Yep, extraction yeah, fee. Yeah, you can, yep. 
Um, so I guess it just basically goes up, you know, the longer they've been dead. I You'd think so, but no, it says actually the longer the better. Oh, more dried out maybe the bone, huh? I, I don't think that. Says honestly, I'm not, not going to lie to you. Just it looks like this copy was written in colored pencil, and I'm just not... I don't really. We don't feel comfortable. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable putting that nostalgia. Be damned, brand on. No, oh, this, this is too far. This, yeah, no, this one has taken it a step too far. I'm not crazy about this. But one. you're also we're going to take the money. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. All what right. are you crazy? So postmortem merriment. Postmortem merriment. You can check them out at postmortemmerriment.eu. .eu. Interesting. Yeah, you think this is an American company, dude? Come on. That's going to do it for us, everybody. I'm Nostalgia Be Damned. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Remember, perhaps Christmas means a little bit more. Yo, Christmas, where you at? Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? My world is changing. I'm re- Cheers.